You are Locked On Balls, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's good, everybody? Welcome into a Twitter Tuesday edition of Locked On Vols. I'm your host, Eric Kane. So glad to have you guys along for the ride. We're going to have a whole lot of fun today. We've got a ton of questions to get into, and that's what we're going to do, answering your questions for hashtag Twitter Tuesday each and every week right here on Locked On Vols. That's what's coming up in segments one and two. We'll have another question in segment three and then discuss the new addition to Rick Barnes' basketball staff. His name is Justin Ganey. But um, fun show. I love the Tuesday shows each and every week. I'm, I'm really happy to interact with you guys and answer some much-needed questions or try to answer more or less because I don't know how many answers I actually have, but to actually give my take on it. And so that's what we're going to have coming up here in just a couple of minutes. Eric Kane at underscore Kane or on Twitter at Locked on Vols. You can find this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts each and every morning when you wake up. Without further ado, let's get on down into it. This is a Twitter Tuesday edition of Locked on Vols. So we'll kick things off with Evan Harris. Evan K. Harris, he is at EKH Sports on Twitter. His question, is J.J. Peterson a real person? <laughs> Can confirm he is. He's no longer with the team, but... J.J. Peterson is, in fact, real, but uh, undoubtedly one of the biggest busts here in Tennessee recruiting um, history, at least in the last you know four or five years. Also, how has Bryce Neeson looked in the inside linebacker rotation as a whole? Well, let's break it up. Bryce Neeson, he is practicing with a defensive line. He is a defensive end now in a 4-3 scheme. Um, he's a, he can stand up and also play that edge spot that you know is the edge spot that Tennessee's ran the last couple of years as far as like an outside linebacker type deal. He's kind of a hybrid player like Tyler Barron, like Byron Young, but Bryson Eason has put on some weight. He has put on some good weight too. He is thick and um, he is really athletic. He's got a really good get off of the line of scrimmage. He's smooth when going under the shoot and going through bag drills and stuff like that. I've been impressed from what I've seen from Bryson Eason so far during spring camp. I was impressed with him on Saturday for the couple of plays that I really targeted in and watched him. Uh, again, I mentioned in, in the show yesterday, I saw him, you know, take on down blocks a couple times really, really well uh, at the line of scrimmage, creating a pile and allowing the linebacker to come in behind him and clean it up. And so um, I like that from Bryson Eason. I would expect Bryson Eason to see a little bit more playing time this year now as a true sophomore. Uh, The inside linebacker rotation as a whole, it's not great. There's not much of a rotation. I can tell you the the starting three up there that kind of goes first is Quasi Garland, uh, an upperclassman, Solon Page, an upperclassman, as well as Morvin Joseph, who is now a sophomore. And uh, again, kind of a guy that played on the edge a little bit last year, played a little bit inside, still young, still trying to learn the position of linebacker. I think he's got a lot of talent. I think he'll be a good football player, but that's really all you got at inside linebacker right now. And then you go back to some walk-ons after that. And it's just not a, you go to a scholarship player in Will Albright, who came to Tennessee to be a long snapper. He also played linebacker in high school, but came to Tennessee to be a long snapper. And so after that, you don't have a whole lot of scholarship players in that room right now. Reminder, you still have Roman Harrison and Jeremy Banks who are injured right now and not practicing completely. Uh, those two guys will be in the fold as well. So Evan, appreciate your your question when you reached out. He again is at EKH Sports on Twitter. We move on now down to Chris. We've got... Chris Metcalf. Nope, we're going to save him. We're going to go to Scotty Hale. We have Scotty Hale reaching out now, and he is at Scotty Hale 73 His question, do you think Will 
Do you think Tennessee is going to flux Jalen Wright out to get him on the field and get him open space to use his speed? Yeah, Jalen Wright is a fast guy. Didn't play high school. Didn't play his senior year of high school football because again, he's from North Carolina, and North Carolina didn't have um, football this past fall. They're gonna they're gonna play. I think they're playing right now actually, but nonetheless, he's at Tennessee. Uh, he's a short, compact guy, about five foot nine, about two hundred five, two hundred. Really, really fast, and I think that he's a good fit for this offense as well. So far, Jerry Max says he's been playing well, just learning, grasping, being a sponge, soaking up all the knowledge from the guys around him. Um, he is, I believe he has a track background as well, but nonetheless, Jalen Wright is a guy that you would want to get out in space. He's kind of a guy that you want to put the ball in his hands and find different ways to utilize him. I don't know if they're going to do that right off the bat. I mean, certainly they could, but I think it's going to be up to Jalen Wright to make that a niche for himself as a true freshman, because you look in front of him, you've got Jabari Small, you got Tyon Evans, deep back with his running the ball very, very well right now. And then you have the conversation with, okay, well, when Lenneth Whitehead is completely healthy, is it going to be him? Is it going to be Jalen Wright? Is it going to be T. Hodge? So he's kind of in that mixture of the, I would call it Tier 3. I would say Tier 1 is Jabari Small and Tyon Evans. I'd say Tier 2 is D. Beckwith. And then Tier 3 are those guys I mentioned. But true freshman, a whole lot of ability, and should be a fun one here at Tennessee as time goes on. We will move on now to Adam Collins. Adam Collins wrote me on Twitter, a good Carson Newman boy, so I appreciate his participation in this. And he asked, with all the attrition to the program, with seniors leaving, transfer portal and all that, is there going to be any good football players and good depth on this team? Also, what do we have to do to keep Tuo Tuo? <laughs> well, Adam, you're my man, you're a man of faith, start praying, because uh, Tuo Tuo I don't think is going to return to Tennessee um, it's a weird situation right now. You heard my voice crack right there. My voice is getting better today, I feel like, but still a little, still a little faint. But um, I think Tuo is looking for another place. I think it's a weird situation because he hadn't selected a place right now. Of course, he's still taking classes. He's at home in California. I don't think it's going to be the balls. So um, barring a miracle, in my opinion, I don't think Tuo is going to be expected back on this team. As far as good players, yeah, of course, there's good players on this team. These are Division One athletes. Uh, as bad as Tennessee was this past year, I mean, these are still Division One athletes, and uh, there's going to be some good football players on this team. But you pointed out right here, depth. I've mentioned it a couple of times. Depth at certain positions is critical. Um, you know, depth at, depth at running back coming into spring practice, I think, was a concern. I think you feel better about depth right there now with Jabari Small taking on the role that he has, what you've seen a little bit of Tyon Evans before he got injured, what you've seen from D. Beckwith. Wide receiver was a concern, but I think the Jimmys have kind of put that as to, to rest a little bit, uh, along with Valus Jones Jr. and Jalen Hyatt. Um, defensive line, you have a whole lot of bodies. The secondary, you like your first four or five up there, but after that, you need to create depth. Um, and then a linebacker. We've already mentioned the, <laughs> the concerns at linebacker right now and how there's just not a whole lot of bodies right there. So depth is going to be the key. You've got to create depth, and you've got to – have some guys that you feel confident in that can go into ball games and spell some starters and or come in and play significant time when a starter or a main contributor does go down. And I think that's where Tennessee is, uh, you know, hurting right now in terms of depth. Offensive tackle is your concern, but you're going to bring in Jeremiah Crawford uh, once his spring football season is over or the spring semester is over. He was the junior college offensive tackle that was uh, signed on signing day here in the spring. Julian Nixon's coming in at wide receiver. You'll have... 
Trinity Bell come in at tight end. Of course, he's hurt right now toward his um, ACL and basketball season, which is unfortunate. You will have Amari McNeil come in on the offensive line. He can also play defensive line. He'll probably play defensive line here, but we'll have to see. You'll have Jeremiah Crawford come in. I already mentioned him as I hit uh, as I hit the uh, the sword category on my computer, um, and of course you'll have Deshaun Rucker coming in. You'll have Cayman Marley coming in. Those are some guys that I mentioned in the class of 2021 that aren't here right now, uh, but will come in and, and compete for some depth spots and compete for you know a role on this football team. So depth is the issue. You need depth in the secondary. You need depth at offensive tackle. You need some more bodies at linebacker, obviously. Um, so. Even where you positions where you feel good about, you still need some guys to step up, and that's what Tennessee is trying to create right now in spring practice. It's a good opportunity for all these guys getting all these reps, but certainly a long way to go. All right, we're going to answer some more of your questions on the other side. We'll answer questions from Rob, Andrew, and Brennan coming up in segment number two of a Twitter Tuesday show. But before we get to that, let me tell you about my friends over at Rock Auto. RockAuto.com, family-owned business, serving auto parts to customers online for 20 years. You can go to RockAuto.com, shop for your auto and body parts from hundreds of different manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules to brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpets. Whether it's for your classic or daily drivers, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. At rockauto.com, the catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate through. You can quickly see all the parts available for your car, your vehicle, choose your brand specifications, and the prices you prefer. And we know this, guys. Best of all, the prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, and the same for the professionals and the do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? You can get them cheaper at rockauto.com. They're the same parts cheaper at rockauto.com go to rockauto.com right now see all the parts available for your car or your truck while you're there right locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need visit my friends at rockauto.com march madness is right around the corner if you want to win your office pool you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the locked on college basketball podcast Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey guys, remember you can get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. With host Peter Pukowski, he updates you on the latest moves, news, 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 and moves in every major sport with the help from local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. We continue on with a Twitter Tuesday show here on Locked On Vols. Ward Wednesday coming up. Tomorrow, of course, we'll speak with a former NFL player that's joined the show before. That's coming up later in the week. Ramon Foster, looking forward to that. But again, right now we are answering questions that you guys sent into at underscore Kaner at Locked On Vols uh, here on Locked On Vols. Guys, I appreciate it. We'll continue on. We'll go to Rob Jerkins. He is at Rob Jerkins on Twitter. His question for the show. Love your show. God, I appreciate that, man, Rob. That means a lot. For Twitter Tuesday. Wondering what's the story with Romel Keaton. I thought he was gone, but now it seems like he's reappeared. Thanks. Yeah, Romel Keaton, um, I don't know the exact story, but he opted out 
with a couple games to go last season. Uh, he he opted out. I want to say with about two games left in, in the season, maybe before that Florida game at the beginning of um, or maybe before the Texas A and M game, whatever the whatever the case may be. There was a couple games left in the season, and he opted out. Of course, Jeremy Pruitt used his normal opting out to focus on academics excuse, which every time he said that last year. Guys just opted out. I don't know why Jeremy Pruitt didn't just say what it is. They opted out. You saw opt-outs all over the country. Call it what it was. It was opting out. Ramel Keaton opted out last year. Maybe there was some frustration there with the way that he was being used in the offense or lack thereof. Ramel Keaton, he made a couple plays on Saturday, made some catches. He was in there doing some things. I think he gets forgotten about. Of course, he came on as a true freshman a couple years ago and added a little bit of help, especially in that bowl win in Jacksonville when Juwan Jennings was suspended for the first half, but kind of a guy that's been forgotten, but he's talented. Um, he can he runs sharp routes. He can go up in high-point footballs. He's gotten a little bit bigger. Again, I did notice him on Saturday. I mean, I'll, I often forget he's there when you talk about the Jimmys, when you talk about Hyatt and Velas Jones Jr., and I've mentioned Cedric Tillman a couple of times. You forget about Ramel Keaton, but again, that's another guy that's been here that's somewhat experienced and another guy you can throw into the mix. So, And I was talking with one of my colleagues at the Sports Animal about Dee Beckwith and why he's still playing running back. And I said, well, I think he's. I think the coaches are pleased with what he's doing at that position right now. And I saw it on Saturday. He, he ran hard. He looks the part. I still don't think he should be a running back. But I do think the fact that they haven't moved him yet to maybe slaughter wide receiver is because, is because the coaching staff has confidence in what they have right there. So who knows? That could be it. But Romel Keaton, certainly he will be in the mix moving forward. Probably not in the top-tier mix of wide receivers like I mentioned, but um, he's out there, and I would expect to see him out there. He's back, and he's a part of the team for right now. So that's good. We will head next to Andrew Florio. Andrew chimes in just about every week on Twitter Tuesday. Appreciate him at Andrew S. Florio. And his question, he's got two questions here for Twitter Tuesday. I feel like it's kind of hard to put any expectations on Heupel for this season with everything everything going on, but what do you think should be Danny White's expectations for Heupel by the time we get to 2023 that season? All right, so the 2021 season, we talked about bold predictions a couple Twitter Tuesdays ago, and I said absolute bold prediction. I said eight wins. I don't think Tennessee will get eight wins, but I think Tennessee will hover around the six to eight win mark, and that's kind of a wide range, but there's an easy path to six wins. We've talked about it here on this podcast before. Um... So you need to take a step up from, we'll call it seven wins this year to eight wins next year. And, you know, by year three, you'll be entering year three. And I know there's going to be some sanctions regarding postseason postponement or postseason, you know, whatever you want to call it, bowl bands. Yeah. Or some scholarship reductions. I get all that. But by year three, you need to, you need to know what you have in Josh Heupel as an SEC coach. All right. Entering year three. Um, is it going to be a completed project? No, it won't be completed, but your offense better be a whole lot better than what it was this at, at, at this time right now. Your defense better be better than what it's going to be in 2021 because I don't think it's going to be all that great. So I would say expectations by year three, the, the floor just from a pure win-loss record should be eight wins. But again, it's the conversation we're always having. If you eat, if you have eight wins on a season, what's it really mean if you still get blown out by Florida, Georgia, Alabama? Can you knock off some rivals by 2023? I think the answer should be yes. That should I mean that's year three under Josh Heupel. You should be beating maybe not all of them every single year, but you should be in these but not just in these ball games, but winning some of these ball games against the Floridas, the Georgias, the Alabamas that continue to reload and still get up there. 
Alabama's going to completely reload, but guess who's going to be good this year? Alabama's going to be good this year. Florida's going to be good this year. Georgia's going to be great this year, in my opinion, but we'll have to see. So eight wins is the is the floor, in my opinion, Andrew, by 2023, but you better start beating some of your rivals, and, and that's what I think Danny White's going to be expecting as well. Part number two, what tips would you give to someone attempting to start a career in sports journalism industry? Man, I love this question. Been there, done that, <laughs> and still... You know, still climbing that ladder to where I want to be. Um, you guys know this. My goal was to, to host my own radio show. Um, it's why I love podcasting. It's why I, I enjoy speaking, spreading my knowledge, engaging with you guys. Um, it's an intimate relationship. And um, I, I love that part about an audio platform. And so, you know, journalism, working the beat, newspaper, you know, web writing, digital, you know, all that is journalism today. And my advice to any student right now pursuing a career in sports journalism is internships, internships, internships. Some will be paid, some won't be. If you're fortunate to have some funds given by your parents, that's awesome. Take advantage of that because it won't always be there. Andrew told me uh, in a separate conversation we've had before that he's already been doing some internships, and that's awesome. That's a great start. I took seasonal jobs, you know, minor league baseball, play-by-play, minor league baseball number two. I've worked with Mick Gillespie at the Smokies. I've written for five different newspapers. I've freelanced during football season. Even when I worked at the Sports Animal, you know, doing producing throughout the day and maybe working the Tennessee Beat, I would go out and cover some some football games for the Times Free Press for the, um, you know, for other newspaper outlets around around the area. Um, and so, just whatever you can do, just continue to work, work, work. Be available and be willing to do just pretty much anything. I can say this too. Last little thing about I could talk on this all day long. I, I promise you, but. If you learn to write, that opens so many other doors for you. I've got a side gig that has turned into more than a side gig right now at VolQuest.com. I've got more responsibilities there right now. I'm going to be doing more on the site, and that's awesome. It's because I can write, and I started over there because I can write, and my, my, my role has grown. Same with the sports animal. I came in, was pressing buttons. I begged to be put on the website. I started a blog from there. I branched off and now I'm, you know, on the on the beat reporting and stuff. And so if you can write, you can not only make a little bit of money for yourself, but it will open so many other doors for you. And I think that it really helps in your presentation when you are in an audio platform or in front of a, a television screen as well. So um, that would be my advice. Internships, 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 seasonal jobs and learn how to write because it will open up so many different doors. Appreciate that, man. That was an awesome question. We will head on over and get one more question in this segment before we get out for segment number three. And as I do this, I've got to go to my Locked On Vols tab <laughs> and pull up my question from Brennan. Brennan's Twitter Tuesday question. And again, he is at Brennan Farwick on Twitter. Are there any freshmen that aren't here yet on campus that you see being a factor on defense? Kind of went down the line of some of these players who are not here right now. Um, Amari McNeil is an offensive lineman, defensive lineman. He can play both. I think he wants to play defense when he gets here. We'll have to see, but Tennessee's loaded on that defensive line with bodies and experience. So I don't see him being a factor this year on the, on the defensive line. Um, Aaron Willis should be a factor at linebacker. We'll have to see exactly when that investigation, you know, concludes and what, what exactly the punishment will be for those players that are indefinitely suspended. But even when Josh was hosting this podcast, I said Aaron Willis is going to step up and be a player for linebacker this year for Tennessee, but we'll have to wait. Um, Isaac Washington, another one of those players that's indefinitely suspended right now. He's a defensive tackle. Again, kind of the same situation I spoke on with Amari McNeil. 
A lot of bodies in on the defensive line. Likely wouldn't see a whole lot of PT as a true freshman. Katron Evans is a guy that's good. I think he's going to be a good player for Tennessee. Defensive tackle, again, a four-star. Not here. Will be here. But again, kind of crowded at that position right now. Uh, Deshaun Rucker, defensive back. I think he could be a factor. Tennessee needs depth. Tennessee needs depth in the in the secondary. And certainly he's a guy that's versatile, can play all over. And when he gets here, I think he'll have a chance to to earn um, a role in this team in the secondary, being a, being a backup or being a guy that can you know, they throw in there at times when they need a breather. So I think Deshaun Rucker's a guy to look out for. And finally, Kamin uh, Marley. He's an athlete. He can play edge rush. He can play linebacker, wide receiver, running back, defensive back. Not really sure exactly how Tennessee plans to use Marley, but he's a guy that I would pay attention to because he is a freak of an athlete, six foot three, two fifteen. He might play some linebacker, maybe. He can he can play all over. So I would look for Marley to be a factor as well on the defensive side of the football. He can play some offense too, but we'll have to see. I think Tennessee might have more of a need from him on defense right now. So Brendan, I appreciate the question. And again, guys, awesome stuff. We will come back and answer one more question. On the other side, before concluding the show, talking about Tennessee's new basketball assistant coach in Justin Ganey. But before we get into all that, bet online, the fastest, easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Hideki Matsuyama, what a story that was on Sunday for the Masters. Awesome, awesome stuff. I saw someone that posted a $50 wager, and I forgot whatever the odds was, but he was going to pay out at $2,052. That is some awesome stuff. That is awesome. All that at betonline.ag. Even covers the awards, the TV shows, reality television. It's real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can possibly imagine. BetOnline has you covered for the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets. It's completely free to sign up. Head on over to the website, use your mobile device today to sign up, you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on that first deposit. All you have to do is use the promo code Locked On, Locked On for a 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Take advantage of what's going on in the NBA right now. Major League Baseball is back and it's in full swing. And again, we just had a major championship this past weekend. That was a whole lot of fun. I was engaged. Didn't win anything on that one, but that's how it is sometimes. But I was totally engaged watching that play out all throughout Sunday, and I was on BetOnline AG. BetOnline, it's your online sportsbook experts. Hey guys, April 19th through the 26th, you can listen to the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Jason Lacanfora, and Michael Lombardi. Our local experts for every team make trades and pick the next stars for their teams. Subscribe to the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey on the new Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcast. Odyssey is your audio home for all sports, podcasts, and music, and news that matter to you. That's Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y, Odyssey. We move on now to segment number three here of a Twitter Tuesday show, and we made it into segment three with the questions, guys. I appreciate that. Big accomplishment here for the podcast, so... Everybody, clap your, uh, you know, tap yourself on the back right there for a job well done. I do appreciate that. We move on now to Chris Metcalf. Tried to get him in earlier in the show, but wanted to wait here till the end. It was one that got in just under the wire before I started recording this podcast. He says it's not really a question, more of a observation, a statement. I couldn't agree more. I know our defense will be will not be good if we. Let me try this again. I know our defense will not be good, but if we could just find a guy like Derek Barnett or a pass rusher, it would help our defense tremendously. I know Chris didn't mean it like this, but I mean, Derek Barnett don't just come around. I mean, that is a first-round draft pick. Um, 
one of the best pass rushers to ever to come to Tennessee. I mean, he he holds the all-time sack you know record in Tennessee program history. So you can't just find Derry Barnett's anywhere. And I know that's I didn't I know that's not what Chris meant, but a guy like him, they can put pressure on the quarterback can change the way offenses scheme to block. They have to scheme to block to you. That frees up people on the other end. That involves tight ends and running backs to stay in and block. A guy like that that creates so much conversation pre-snap, so much time and effort in the meeting room and on the practice field. If Tennessee had somebody that caused that much attention, it would do wonders. And plus it would rush, I mean it would apply pressure on the quarterback. Tennessee's defense last year had a lot of struggles. One of the main reasons why the secondary looked so weak last year is because Tennessee had no pass rush. Just had no consistent pass rush whatsoever. Your best pass rusher at the time, Kevon Bennett, was dismissed midway through the year. DeAndre Johnson, one of your other best pass rushers, kept getting stupid penalties and got kicked out of a, a huge ball game early in the season. Tennessee could not consistently pass rush the, the passer. Just couldn't. And that affected the secondary. It's all tied in. When the secondary is getting compo- getting just drilled out there, especially in man coverage, look what's happening up front on the front line. Is Tennessee or is said team getting back there at all, or is there a clean pocket and he has all day back there to throw it? It's all tied in. It is all tied in. So I couldn't agree more. If you, if Byron Young, if Tyler Barron, if, if Matthew Butler, any of these guys can just rush the quarterback, it's going to help out tremendously and help overcompensate a little bit for the lack of uh, you know, bodies and players and linebacker, and for at times will be youth in the secondary when they have to go, um, you know, beyond the starting four or five. And so, couldn't agree more, Chris. Good observation there for a Twitter Tuesday. Tennessee needs a pass rusher. Tennessee is trying to find one with Mike Eckler and Rodney Gardner on the defensive side of the football. A last thing here as we end a Twitter Tuesday show. It's been a whole lot of fun, guys, and I'm sure you saw. <clears throat> Tennessee basketball has filled its last assistant coaching vacancy. Rick Barnes has added veteran assistant Justin Ganey to Tennessee's coaching staff. Ganey comes by way of associate head coach at Marquette uh, the past year. He actually had two stints there at Marquette. And he's coming to Knoxville after spending ample time coaching the ACC, the Pac-12, the Big East, and a little bit all over the place. And Rick Barnes said, I coached against Justin when he was a point guard at NC State back in the day. He was an incredibly tough competitor then, and he has the same tenacity now as a coach. Justin has a passion for on-court player development that fits well with our staff. Our players are going to love working with them to grow their game. <clears throat> Excuse me, guys. My voice still a little faint this, today. Uh, Barnes goes on to say he's proven that he can recruit effectively nationwide. We're particularly excited about his ability to maintain a strong relationship, strong ties within the state of North Carolina. Of course, he played at NC State back in the day. Again, he was associate head coach of Marquette. He also coached for the Golden Eagles back from 2014 to 17. He spent time uh, at Santa Clara, at Arizona. He's also been seen uh, coaching... A couple other places here at Appalachian State and beyond. So he's been around. He's been there, done that. And uh, Justin Ganey has been added to Rick Barnes' staff. So the staff is in place. There's still a lot of holes on that on that roster right now. And Tennessee will likely be adding to the transfer portal, adding from the transfer portal, and might even sign a couple more high school players. Still a couple slots left here to finish off the uh, the basketball roster. But Still, you know, with all the turnover, I was doing a radio hit earlier today before my voice was completely shot, and uh, or I should not earlier today, I should say yesterday, and um, 
you know, was asking about all the turnover on the basketball team. And I was like, yeah, there's a whole lot of guys that have left that have entered the transfer portal. And I mean, that's not good because you lose two NBA players like he, uh, like Springer and Johnson, you get all that, but we knew they were going to go. You lose a guy like Corey Walker where we didn't see him at all this year, but knew that there's a lot there and a lot to be valued, and we're excited to see what he could do. But he's gone to the transfer portal. Um, you know, EJ Anasicki didn't play a huge role for the team this year, but was always going to come back for another year until he didn't, decided to hit the transfer portal. But you still have Josiah Jordan-James. You still have Victor Bailey Jr. You still have Santiago Vescovi. Those are three pretty good players. Um, great players, no. Um, struggled at times throughout their Tennessee careers, absolutely. Have they been injured? Josiah Jordan-James, I'm not sure he's ever been healthy. <laughs> but those are still three you know, fairly good players. You add Kennedy Chandler, Chandler into the mix. Maybe John Fulgerson comes back. Maybe you still go out and get a big fish from the transfer portal. And, of course, you've got Justin Powell coming in from Auburn. Tennessee's still going to have some players on this roster. It's about gelling, coming together, buying into the culture, forming literally a new team from scratch because there's a whole lot of turnover here on this team. But, of course, Rick Barnes has been doing it for longer than I've been alive. So, you know, we'll, we will uh, we'll have to see exactly how this pans out. But Justin Ganey now added to the staff. thought it was interesting when Rick Barnes was coaching at Clemson. He coached against Ganey back in the day. I thought that was pretty neat. Guys, it's been a fun show here on a Twitter Tuesday. Thank you so much for all your questions, all your comments, at underscore Kane or at Locked on Vols. We will do it again next Tuesday. We got into segment three this week, so that's awesome. Thanks to you guys for sending in all those questions. I hope that I gave a little bit more clarity, but uh, we will continue on as Tennessee spring football practice continues on until the Orange and White game on the 24th. Lord Wednesday is coming up tomorrow. We'll chat at some point this week with VFL Ramon Foster. Going to try to get John Wilkerson on the show on Friday to preview Tennessee's baseball's big matchup, big series matchup against Vanderbilt, the number two team in the country, going up against the number five team in the country and the rights for the first place in the SEC East. That should be a whole lot of fun. Guys, before I end the show, I do want to spend just 30 seconds really quick. My thoughts, my prayers go out to the Austin East community here in Knoxville. The students, the faculty, the community, the first responders, the the great medics, the great police officers, everyone involved in yet another shooting that's happened in our community. Uh, my heart breaks for the students and everyone involved. This is an issue going on in the Austin East community right now. This Sadly, this is not the first incident that's happened. This is multiple incidences now here in the last, you know, since the calendars flipped to 2021. Pray for these kids. Pray for these parents, these teachers, these administrators. It's tough right now. And so um, for a guy that's going to pull back the curtain a little bit that lives less than a mile and a half away from Austin East High School, um, it's super sad to see what's going on right now. So um, I hope that if you're the praying top, you would lift up that community in your prayers. Um, send some good vibes, as the kids say these days, whatever you got to do. Just just be thinking about that community. It's, it's, it's really, really tough right now. But again, a big shout out, a big thank you to the first responders and to uh, the Knoxville Police Department, especially that one brave, brave officer that really put it all out there yesterday. And, um, you know, thoughts and prayers for speedy recovery to all involved and to uh, that community. Um, just, just a heartbreaking day here at Austin East Community. I know a lot of you guys listen from out of town, but you guys know about the Austin East community here in Knoxville. Um, if you've been here before, I just want you guys to lift them up right now. I uh, hate to end on a sour note, but I did want to put that in there because I think it's important. And uh, we talk sports, we talk Tennessee football here, but 
Um, some things are way more important than sports, and this is certainly one of those things. So um, on that note, guys, I hope that you have a great, great Tuesday. Thanks so much for the participation. I look forward to chatting with you guys again on Wednesday here on another episode of Locked on Vols. You guys have a great, great day, and we'll talk again tomorrow.